1: Hello mi gente, welcome to Hello Latino. It's your girl Valise Jasmine and today's guest is Maya Joshi and she is so bomb, y'all. She is a first generation American of Caribbean and South Asian heritage. And in this episode she talks about being Dominican and Indian and what it's like to navigate and embrace two very rich yet completely different cultures and on top of that, also learning and navigating what it means to be a first-generation American. A little bit more about Maya, she's a creative and content creator for Corazon Resiliente, a mental health platform for Latin American and Caribbean folks to have more conversations around mental health. And there's a special emphasis on the first-gen experience. Que disfruten esta conversación. Also, okay, quick shout out to Maya because I was on her podcast, Let's Talk About, or is it Let's Talk About It? We got to talk about. We got to talk about,
2: man. You almost made me forget. What is the name of the podcast?
1: (laughs) Yes, I was on your pod and we talked about Latinidad. And so I'm really excited to to know more about your story now you're in the hot seat
2: <laughs> oh, I, was, I was gonna ask you like is this how you felt because it's so weird having your own it's podcast weird. and then on someone else's and like then you have to talk about yourself
1: It's weird. It's weird. I like, I kind of feel uncomfortable sometimes. I'm like, I have to talk about myself. Usually (laughs) I'm the one asking questions. (laughs) Um, But I'm really, again, excited to hear more about your story because we didn't get an opportunity to do that when I was on your pod. It was all about, you know, like here and there. I I learned bits and pieces of your story, but I'm like, oh my God, now I get to really listen to you and your story. So let's start with the first question. And that is, how do you identify and why?
2: Yeah, um, I identify as first and foremost, a cis woman. So my pronouns are she, her, Aja. Um, and I identify as a first generation, multi-ethnic um, American. Yeah. Um, Why do I identify that way? I try to use I'm trying to get into the habit of using my pronouns um, in order to make um, those who have varying pronouns in the world um, feel more comfortable kind of leading with that. I think that um, as cis people, we have to kind of I mean, since we're in the majority and like we have that power in society, I think it's really important to kind of like lead with that and show people like. This can be a normal thing regardless of how you identify and if it's like, quote unquote, normal in society. Um, And then I identify as multi-ethnic just because um, I don't like to lead all the time with like, oh, this is like exactly where I come from. Um, It's a very, my cultures are something that are very like close to me and you'll definitely, you can see them come out. The longer you get to know me like it's pretty obvious like what I am um because I am first generation american and you know you grow up in like a household that's not really american and so it's pretty it's pretty obvious um after a little while what i'm mixed with um but i like to identify that way just because i'm also trying to unlearn like identifying as a race i've i mean i'm mixed anyway so my race isn't really one set thing regardless um but i'm really trying to unlearn that like this is a concept that like we should lead with and that is like more important than anything else. Um, I also identify as a creative. That's just like a huge part of my identity. Um, And it kind of just comes forward in everything that I do. I'm just a very creative person. And even not just, I mean, I paint and I draw in a very like, typical kind of fine arts way Um, but I'm you know I'm a creative person like in every single thing that I do you know like I have my podcast and I create like all of this online content for the podcast and that's a creative outlet Um, and I like to cook and that's a creative thing to do and I like to create my little workouts and that's a creative thing to do. Um, so it's kind of just seeps into everything that I do so that's a really big part of my identity as well
1: and you know I'm not trying to generalize but I think that's a big first gen thing too I don't know why like every first gen that I've gotten to know and again this might just be the circle that I've met but there's something just like creative resourceful something about us that just like is so beautiful and so I identify the same way I'm I'm a creative person at heart and sometimes I feel like in a way we all are. And we, in a society that, you know, we're in a society that teaches us to, to be part of the machine and to not own our creative side. And that's something that I've, I've kind of reflected on lately because I've been seeing my nephews grow up and they're like, they're, they're just creative people, you know, kids have imagination and, and they, they're like, Getting older, and they're slowly just trying to be on their phone all the time. Or saying, you know, like they don't want to draw anymore. They don't want to do these things, and their imagination is slowly drifting. And I'm like, no. <laughs> um, but again, yeah. I think we all are born such creative people, but we we learn to to just again have those hard skills and be part of the machine. But I think 100%. there's creativity deep down.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that as first gen kids. Um, I don't know. Like it being first generation American comes with so many privileges of being an American,
0: Um, and
2: I think for me, like I always saw my parents are both scientists. They're actually both chemists. Super random. Um, And are you serious? Yeah, yeah. yeah, Both my parents (laughs) are chemists. Um, That's how they met. I'll get into it um, later because I'm sure we'll get into my whole background. But um, I always like saw my mom. As being like super, super creative. Like, she used to sew our clothes when we were kids. Um, Part of it because, you know, we didn't have any money. Um, And my parents were really young when they had us. But she would like make all of our clothes. And me and my older sister are a year apart. So she'd make us like cute little matching outfits. Like, she would just hand make all of our clothes. She used to like, make our little cloth diapers as babies she used to like make all of our food when we were babies and then when we were a little bit older when I was in middle school me and her used to make jewelry and she used to sell jewelry at different craft fairs and things like that mm. and so I saw all of these like fun ways that she was creative and even my dad like my dad's creative in a very different way um he's very analytical but he he likes things like astrology because he's Indian um and so just just the way he even like goes about like researching things and the things that he likes to learn about like he's still a very creative person and he also cooks a lot um so that's always been like a big factor in the house is like being creative with food um and yeah people don't realize like the privileges that we have um coming here and living here and being like you can actually pursue create like a creative field
1: yeah no that's so true and now you have me thinking about my parents and they are really creative, you know, like my mom, she sews, she cooks, she, um, sells her clothes. She sells jewelry too. And she like, that's her life. And it's been her, her primary form of income her whole life. And my dad works in construction. I mean, he builds things. <laughs> he has to be creative. Yeah, that's super so, creative. I love it. I love it. Well, let's get into your story and let's hear more about your parents. Cause you just said your dad's Indian. Yes. And so I want to hear about, you know, if you know it, your parents' immigration story, how they met and kind of the beginnings of, of you.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. So my mom is from the Dominican Republic um, and my dad is from India. So I'm one of like five people in my family that's born in the U.S. Um, we don't have like hardly any family here. I think I have two uncles and one aunt and that's about it. And my parents' immigration stories are so different they're so vastly different. It's actually insane. Um my mom grew up in the Dominican Republic and when she was about 9 her parents got divorced. I don't know still the details of all of the things that happened between my grandparents, but basically my mom has five brothers, but only two of them are like her full brothers from her mom. Um I don't know, Dominican men are trifling. So my grandpa, you know, went around and did some <laughs> shit back in the day, right? Um so he had he ended up having a son, I think, after the first time my grandparents got divorced. So they got divorced twice, um, remarried oh, yeah. on the same day Valentine's Day, um, which is really funny because my grandma has dementia and still remembers. Like every Valentine's Day, she's like, "This is the day that I married the worst man in the world." Um, <laughs> <I'll> never forget. <laughs> she will never forget. Um, she she likes to hold grudges. That one. Um, so yeah. So my grandparents, <laughs> the first after the first time they got divorced, um. They had, my grandpa had my tío Misa, and then they got remarried, and then they got divorced again, and then my grandfather married his current wife, Maritza, Um, and basically my grandma is from Santiago, and my grandpa, like, lives in Santo Domingo, so those are two of, like, the biggest cities in the Dominican Republic, Um, and my grandma, like, saw how her family was in Santiago and kind of, like, really wanted better for everybody, and she was really pushed by her mother to leave the country. And so my great-grandmother, my grandma, and then my great-aunt all ended up leaving the Dominican Republic like, on their own, just set off with their kids, and were like, okay, we're out. So my great-grandmother went to Puerto Rico, which is what a lot of people do. Um, and I think that's something that's really missing from immigration narratives right now is mm-hmm. that people don't just immigrate like... North from the border, a lot of people from Latin America are Caribbean, and they get on a boat, and they go take a boat to Puerto Rico, and that that's how they get into the U.S. Um, and that's not really something. That There's a whole talk process. About. Yeah, and people people do it from yeah. Cuba. People do it from Haiti. People do it from the Dominican Republic. Like tons of people just go, and they're like, okay, Puerto Rico. That's that's where it's at. It'll be way easier for us that way, and it is. So I think that was how my great grandmother ended up coming here cause she worked in Puerto Rico for a long time before she came. Um, but yeah, so my grandma just like picked up her three kids and came to New York city and lived like in the, in low income housing for a little bit. And then ended up, um, moving. She was like, she just saw the way that it was there and saw her two sons who, you know, were little, they, they used to hang out like in the streets in the midterm public and she didn't like that. And she didn't want that for them here either. So she was like, all right, we're going to move to Brooklyn. So my mom actually grew up in Brooklyn. And it's so funny because when she came here, she only recently started telling me this, but she was like, I didn't learn anything new in school until I was in high school. Like her education was so advanced in the Dominican Republic. She didn't learn anything for like a solid five, six years. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, "Uh, I know all this. (laughs) She, she did and and it was so sad because she was like when i was in the American republic like i was so competitive like i was so into school like i loved learning i loved school mm. um, i loved just going and being like okay i'm going to be like the top of my class cuz she's just like my parents are just nerds right so <laughs> she she like loved school and she came here and she was like I hate school now like I don't even want to try she rebelled so hard against learning English she did not want to learn English she was like I refuse to speak this language um and even to this day she's like even though I've been speaking it now since I was like 10 I still don't know English she was like I just never even wanted to learn and so I I technically know it but I'll never really understand (laughs) it and I think that's something a lot of immigrants go through right
1: I mean, my mom, my mom is very honest and open. She she's 61 now. And she's like, she still doesn't really speak English. She doesn't choose to speak English. And yeah, she just said she's like I never wanted to learn. I never had to learn, you know. She was she was cleaning houses and she's like we didn't have conversations, you know. <laughs> or she was, you know, like in these in these positions of serving others and so she right. chose to not learn. You know, she didn't have to learn a language, so she's like I didn't. And so mm-hmm. she always found she gravitated toward the Latinos whether it was in our schools cuz trust me, she knew all of their counselors. <laughs> she knew every I don't know how. She knew everything. <laughs>
2: And that's like, what happens when you get in with the, you know, like the, the, the people that clean the building and the people that take the trash out, because yes. those are the people that have all the intel. They
1: do. You <laughs> w- would know. She would know if I was doing something I wasn't supposed to do. She'd be like, where are you at? <laughs> I'm like, how did you know I was here? Um, but anyways, that's that's very true. And and so your does your mom know English, though? Does she speak yeah, mom, it? No, my mom knows English
2: fluently, but she's still she's like, just, I don't like it. <laughs> even, even the way she speaks English is so Dominican sometimes. Like she just makes things up or she'll just do things. It's like very, very typical um, for Spanish speakers to to spell things phonetically. Yes. I mean, I, that.
1: I mean, it makes sense. It
2: does. It totally makes sense. Well, and yeah. because like in, you know, in like certain Spanish, like my mom was like singing me the song. Um, do you know like the, the spider song of like vie- viejita, like titiritando? kind of thing like goes up the mountain do you know that song
1: oh yeah 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 (laughs) i thought you were gonna sing it so i was waiting for it so no i'm not gonna
2: sing it. (laughs) but there's but i mean there's a part of the song and it talks about like the little viejita like an old lady and she's going up the mountain and they call it like titiritando and these are just like random (laughs) like it's just like that word is just like the motion of like an old lady in like a little walker who's walking a certain way (laughs) it doesn't actually like mean it's not it doesn't come from an actual word and yeah, that's yeah. just, like, how uh, people speak Spanish. And that's very, like, common in the Caribbean is, like, people just make things up based on, like, how things sound. Um, or, like, what right. they think the motion is or something like that. And so even in English, she does that sometimes. So it's really funny. That's cute. But yeah. <laughs> and I, do you I
1: do that myself- too? Do you yeah. find yourself? Oh, I, I was, was just, just going to say.
2: I catch myself just, like, making things up. And when I was a kid, I would just, like, add letters or like take letters out of words or just like make things up and my parents would be like what and I do I would explain it to them and I was like oh but you know like this thing sounds like this so like that's what that is
1: <laughs> you're like it makes sense, <laughs> it, made
2: sense to me. it made sense to my mom
1: <laughs> yeah I, honestly like we at least like my family too and this sounds like we have this in common but my family they're very animated when they speak and they're very loud so if you go into a party like everyone's going to be screaming at each other and you'll be like how do how do they understand <laughs> but it's like every everything makes sense yeah. and it's all like uh we say doble sentido it's all like double meaning phrases and words yeah. and I'm like oh my god they speak in analogies it's like it's so funny to me
2: such a, <laughs> it's so uh, funny. my abuelo does that all the time like it's just such a it's such a dad thing even you know like people hear joke about like dad jokes they do the same thing in Latin America like my grandpa just like rhymes random things because he thinks it's funny
1: yeah I I don't know my dad is the same way like the the exact same way the men in my family I'm even seeing my brothers because they're now all dads and older and I'm like oh you guys are looking at like my dad now and sounding like him Like, everything, everything that they say is always, like, a double meaning. And I'm like, I can't with you guys. (laughs) Everything's a joke. But that's the beautiful thing about (laughs) – Yeah, everything's a joke. And I find myself doing that, too. Like, I take everything as, like, just fun, like a joke.
2: (laughs) I know. (laughs) why. I I catch myself also making fun of, like, certain things in English that are are different in Spanish. Like, there's, like, memes that sometimes, like, it's a play on, like, English words. But then, like, in Spanish, you know, it means something different. (laughs) <laughs> um and i just love i love things like that because i'm like i love the little like crossovers that we're able to have and being able to kind of like yeah. understand both is really fun because you can kind of like play on both it's a superpower mm-hmm. so yeah so my mom just like didn't i mean she she ended up learning she did really really well in school um and i think a lot of dominicans in new york city kind of have like this mindset of um like let's you know like make it out of the hood let's like go to school and like get all the nice things that we like weren't able to have in our countries and things like that. And I think that's a very like immigrant mm-hmm. mentality in general, but New York definitely like amplifies that. Um, and so my mom actually ended up graduating high school early and going to college at like 17 um, and got like a full, wow. she, yeah, she like never paid for school. Um, she went and got her master's and everything. Um, she went to Stony Brook and she was just like she was just super smart, even though she claims that she never tried in school here. I was like, yeah, but you went to school. I mean, you went to college when you were 17, so I don't know about that. But it was it was very um their their story I think is is pretty common for Dominican immigrants and Dominican Americans, is like her mom used to work like in the clothing factories where she, you know, was undocumented and people would go and raid the factories. And they were just always like kind of under the radar and worried about what was going to happen. But luckily they lived in communities where like everybody was Puerto Rican and Dominican. And even in Brooklyn, there's still like a huge population of Caribbean people there. And so it was, it was nice to like be able to have that community for them because they didn't feel too scared there was still like one or two people there um and then my aunt had also or my great-aunt had also come here and so her and her daughter like they all grew up together and her daughter is like the same age as my mom so they were just like you know little twins all of high school and stuff um mm. and so <laughs> it's, it's nice that they were able to be in New York City I think because there's just so many dominicans you don't even feel really out of place there it's like oh i went from santo domingo right. to like santo domingo
1: <laughs> <laughs> and what about your dad i'm so curious how your dad and your mom met because you said they were both scientists and that's how they met
2: <laughs> yeah um yeah and so my dad so my mom has like kind of more of a typical like you know they they flew here and like they technically came here legally but they stayed um for they many years their visa. Yeah, you know, they, yeah. they just came in they were like we live here now thank you
1: yeah <laughs> and that's what people need like people don't understand that either like there's a lot of different ways people become undocumented mm-hmm. right and so technically on my mom's side my mom came here illegally as well as well as my all my siblings mm-hmm. but they overstayed their visas so is it like
2: yeah so you it's know like, like they
1: still are undocumented sure. <laughs> doesn't matter how they came here
2: yeah and and that's that's the thing is like so there's there's so many different ways um that people immigrate here and there's so many ways that they get called out as like being undocumented and things like that and I'm like this is so dumb like people have been migrating yeah. since the beginning of time like we're not meant yeah. to live these sedentary lives in one spot so it's, it's just
1: naps. <laughs>
2: It just it just boggles my mind. I'm like people are meant to migrate. That's normal. You're not meant to come and, like, colonize a whole space and kill people. That's not normal, But migrating and moving around is very natural,
1: yeah. I'm glad you pointed that part out.
2: yeah, <laughs> you know, like this is different, but yeah, I mean, there's a difference between migrating and, like, displacing and killing people. So let's be clear. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, let's
1: be clear. And, I mean, like, let's also talk about these different regions. Like, everyone, again, depending on the Caribbean, South America, Central America, we all come into – and Mexico, too. and We all come into this country differently. Mm-hmm. And another thing to point out, we don't just immigrate to the U.S. Yes. <laughs> People immigrate all over the world like we are not the only place. But Americans in these you know, circumstances, in a very U.S. centric yeah, life. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, you know, in this instance, because we are in America and the United States, and I need to unlearn that. We are in the United States because technically Latin America <laughs> is part of America. the Americas. So unlearning that too there's so many things girl there's so many things I'm like oh my god (laughs) you
2: know what but here's the thing if you're not like constantly changing then what's wrong with you like I remember growing up and like being a teenager and stuff and even like when I was in college and people from back home would always be like oh Maya like you've changed so much like you're always changing and like you're so um I don't know. It, it almost to me. I I felt insulted because I thought that people were saying that I wasn't standing true in any values. I was like, oh, people don't think that I care about anything because my mind is always changing. But the reality is that like my same core values have always been the same. But I've just I've just evolved over time because there's no reason not to. Like if I didn't evolve, that means I haven't learned anything in life.
1: It's that though. It's like we all do naturally evolve. And girl, I mean, same thing. Like, and that's why I've outgrown a lot of friends and I've outgrown a lot of people in my life because I am constantly evolving and and that's the beauty of of living. You know, exactly. we get to learn different things. We get to experience and we get to create. We get to just do these different things and that's part of our our evolving nature. Mm-hmm. And some people would rather not. And that's to each their own. Um, but that's not our vibe <laughs> we're like we're trying know. to evolve we're trying to grow Um, but yeah exactly and I think again that that's where the outgrowing people happens right you're like all right well looks like we're in two different spaces so I'm gonna just yeah. keep doing me prioritizing me prioritizing my growth and what it looks like for me yeah
2: so and because everyone's it. growth looks different so sometimes even like I don't know. I've probably taught other people some stuff, but they just didn't grow like in the same way that I did. They went off and exactly. were like, "I'm going to learn about this other thing now," and that's totally fine too. You know, not everyone's around yeah. forever. Yeah. So, well, let's yeah.
1: let's bring it back to your oh, yeah, <laughs> girl. We could talk for days, but let's bring it back to your I parents know. because I want to know about your oh, your dad, upbringing. Dad. Yeah,
2: yeah, so my dad came, um, I think, like, how most, like, Asian people come to this country, which is through school. Um, He went to um, IIT Bombay, which, um, if any Indians listen to this, they know that that's, like, the MIT, like, on crack of India. So, like, people think that MIT (laughs) is really hard to get into in this country, but, like, IIT Bombay and, well, I think they have one in Delhi as well. Um, But that school is, like oh my gosh, just, I mean, <laughs> think about a country that has billions of people and everybody wants to go to the school and it's like one of the best schools. Um, and so engineering is a really difficult field to get into in India. And so my dad like went into chemistry cause he was like, this is how I can get into this school. This is something yeah. that I like doing. Um, he, I believe likes, um, like physics. I can't remember if he did like biochem or, physical chemistry but he likes all of it um and so he he went to school there I can't and- really <laughs> <laughs> I know me too my poor parents like none of us liked science out of all three kids that they had and they're both <laughs> scientists we were like so sorry <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah so he came he came through school he actually originally got into Cornell he went there he wow. saw Jessica and he was like, what is this? This sucks. Um, he had never experienced snow. He was like, I don't like that. Um, and he was just very like that whole area is just very isolated. Um, he he just like, mm. he dealt with a lot of stuff, of uh, moving to a new country, having to go to a new school, being in a really difficult program because he was now like past his um, undergrad. And he just didn't like it. So he transferred to Stony Brook. And he was a teacher's assistant. And my mom um, was in the lap one day and almost blew something up. And my dad went in and was like, hey, girl, let me help you. <laughs> and oh that's my how God, met. That's cute. That's so cute. <laughs> yeah. They're really cute. Yeah. And so Aww. then he started, like, the, he, they they claimed that the way he won her over was, like, he would he would bring her, like, brownies every day um he would like bring her little <laughs> treats she loves sweets um and the reason why i actually have my name maya is because he used to call her that that was like her nickname when they were dating and oh, i think that's hindi, so cute no wait to, wait to hear what it means um <laughs> <laughs> i i i think it's in hindi but i but i never know because my dad speaks like three different indian dialects but i think in hindi maya means illusion And so he always used to tell her, like, you're, like, so beautiful that you're, like, an illusion. And so that's why he used to call her Maya.
1: Wait, that's cute. Okay. (laughs) That's hella cute. And so they named you Maya. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. What's your whole name, by the way? Like, your full name? Because I saw Magdalena, too.
2: Yeah, Magdalena is my middle name. So Maya Magdalena Joshi.
1: Wait, that's so cute.
2: (laughs) I always, like, I... Told my parents a while ago. I was like, I always put my full name on my resume just to like throw people off because you see my first name and you're like, okay, that person could. Lit- Maya is universal. You could be from anywhere. Right. And then you see my middle name and you're like, okay, that's like very clearly Spanish. And then you see my last name and it's like super Indian. Like Joshi is well known.
1: Girl, I'm all about putting your name out there, <laughs> like whether it confuses people or not. But I'm curious. Speaking of that, and like them seeing your name. How, how was that growing up multi-ethnic and having these two, you know, you are a first gen on both sides, but you have two different cultures that are influencing you at home. So how was that experience?
2: Um, it was really interesting. I, I think that a lot of the times, like people that are mixed get portrayed as like being really confused. Um, I don't think I was ever confused about the fact that I was Indian and Dominican. Like, I always knew that I was those two things. And I was always, like, very proud of those two cultures. And it was really only until I got to school and people would, like, either completely blow off um, me being Dominican. Because people in San Diego didn't really know what that was when I was growing up. Um, they were like, I don't know, the, I don't know where the Caribbean is. Like straight up, they were like, I don't know that region. I don't know where you're from. So they would dismiss that, and then people would be like, Oh, you know, there's a lot of stigma against Indians of like, you know, being smelly, being like having bo, smelling like curry, um, all of these different like stereotypes that people have. And it's like very, very strongly, I've I've felt that very strongly my whole life. Um, and so it was never like a point of, oh, I'm confused that I'm mixed. It was more like, society makes me feel like I have to choose and that's what's confusing. Um, And so I was always very proud of, of those two cultures. And as I got older, it was kind of like a back and forth of where do I really fit in? And I think that's something, regardless of if you're mixed or not, being first generation is like, you gotta navigate all these different things, right? Um, And so, yeah, so it was it was really interesting um, because I actually was born on the East Coast. I'm from Jersey originally. Um, And over there, it wasn't weird for me to be Dominican and Indian. Like I wasn't looked at as like a weird mix. It's like super normal there. There's tons of people that are mixed with like Asian and mixed with Caribbean and mixed with like Black Americans and like something Mm from somewhere else. Um, like being mixed there is super common just because of New York city and like the tri-state area. And that's where we lived. Um, and so when we moved to California, I was like, there's like no one here. And I think people think that, that California is like really diverse. I don't know why people think that. Um, because growing up, I was like, okay, yeah, there's like, you know, there's some Mexicans, there's, you know, a couple central Americans sprinkled in here and there. Um, there's some Asians, I would say like, The majority of Asians here are Chinese and Filipino. There's like some Japanese, Mm -hmm. some Vietnamese, definitely in the Bay Area. There's a lot of Vietnamese people. But I was like, how is it that people think it's so diverse when it's really only like majority Mexican and Asian? I was always like very confused. I was like, what? What is this? And mm-hmm. people didn't know, people legit didn't know where I was from. Like I would tell people, oh, I'm I'm Dominican I'm an, and I'm Indian. And they're like, I don't know where the Dominican Republic is. Like they didn't even know what Dominican was because they'd never heard of the country, the Dominican Republic. And I was just like very confused. You're from San Diego. Too. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I was I was going to say, I'm like, oh, we should point this out because we're both from San Diego, but we are both in different parts of San Diego. So there's Northern County and then. Southern County, and then also just areas, <laughs> right? San Diego is right. a huge, yes. huge-ass Dude. county. <laughs> oh,
2: my gosh. Like, people don't even realize how big San Diego is. Like, it goes out so far east, too.
1: Yes, yes. We got yeah. everything. Yeah, we got so everything.
2: I'm in North County. I live, like, about 15 minutes east of Del Mar and just north of Mirmesa. Mesa um, in an area called Rancho Panosquitos, which is a Spanish name. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. like, like everywhere in California. Um, and yeah, this area is very white. Um, there's some Asians here. There's definitely a lot of Filipinos and all of my friends growing up were Filipino. And we would always joke, <laughs> like, I always like identified with Filipino people and still to this day always will, because I was like, they're not accepted as like Latino or Asian, even though technically based on like colonization and how their culture has developed because of that. Like they are both Tagalog has a lot of Spanish words. Um, It's very much Latin based because of Spanish colonization. Um, They were colonized by the Japanese the Chinese. So like they have a lot of Asian influence, Um, but they're just like over there um, kind of like in Southeast Asia, but not quite the Pacific islands. So they're kind of like,
1: yeah, girl. Yes. I think I had this whole conversation in another podcast that I think will be coming out soon, but that's so true. I'm like, at the end of the day, we were all oppressed by the same people (laughs) at one point, at one point in history. So unfortunately, but that's what we share, Mm -hmm. but yeah, you're definitely right. Um, I, I know a little bit about Rancho, um, Is it penesquito? I don't even know. (laughs) I say it in Spanish. But in my family, Northern County was always known as, yeah, where the white people are. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It was like rich white people. And that was our perspective. And I we never went up there. And I never went until I was in college, actually. And I was dating someone from that area. And I was like, oh, you live in a whole different world.
2: (laughs) It is a different world. And this area is like... Oh man, it's honestly gotten wider since even like when I was growing up. I came back like I live at home right now and I was like, how did it get wider here? Like I didn't think it was possible. Yeah. Um but I mean, we didn't know any like we didn't know anything about anywhere in the US. Like my parents are both immigrants. We don't have any other family here. Right. So it wasn't like we could call somebody up and be like, "Hey, what's San Diego like? What area should I live in?" Um and my parents like have a lot of kind of like residual regret about choosing the place that they were in. And the reason why they chose this place was because like my dad got a job here. So we ended up having to move and his job was in La Jolla for the longest time. He worked there for like 20 years, almost 20 years. We haven't even lived in California that long. I don't know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> I think he worked there for 10 years. Um, So, so that that's, that's just like where we lived based on the location of his job and purely that and if my parents had known anything about, about San Diego, I don't know if they would have chosen this place to live because it is really easy to get around San Diego for the most part. Like, it's not like the Bay Area where it's super congested and, like, there's traffic all the time. I leave the house right. and I'm like, oh, it really actually only takes me 20 minutes to get anywhere. Okay um it's so bizarre
1: i'm not gonna be stuck in this traffic for like <laughs> hours to get somewhere i can be in 20 minutes
2: <laughs> it was like a legit culture shock moving back home and i was like guys we gotta go like we have to leave my parents are like why are you tripping like it takes 10 minutes to get like there. chill
1: yeah literally. like
2: 10 minutes to me is an hour
1: exactly and comparing the bay area to san diego san Diego's so chill like so chill and when I'm in the bay I'm like go 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 like I'm always rushing out the door I'm always trying to hustle trying to grind and then I'm home and everything's just like slowed down and I'm like oh this is nice yeah.
2: <laughs> but I still my
1: mentality is still very bay area where I'm just Girl, like same. yeah I'm like it's a beautiful thing <laughs> yeah <I laughs> we have it. a chill culture around us but we're also those natural hustlers and and people mm-hmm. who are always trying to just overly ambitious creators right oh, heck yeah. um So, snaps to that. So, I'm curious. So, you, I love that you pointed that out too, because you said the misconception is that mixed kids are always confused about identity. But I think you were able to have these two cultures just like right there, because they're both immigrants, right? Mm -hmm. And so they both share that experience, and you, still have the same experience of being a first gen
2: (laughs) exactly Um, and that's why I identified with the Filipino kids so much because they were also first gen their parents were just as strict as mine and I didn't notice as much like I didn't feel out of place hanging out with all my Filipino friends because I was like okay your parents act exactly like my parents
1: are your parents close to their size of the family and their culture so like do you have literally like a beautiful mix of both Indian and Dominican culture because that sounds amazing
2: (laughs) Yes, because both y'all
1: foods are bomb.
2: (laughs) Um, yeah. So actually, just a fun little tidbit there on Indian food is there's so India is like such a ethnically diverse country. There's so many different parts of India that have different language. Each state has their own state language as well as Hindi, which is like the national language. And so that's why my dad knows three different languages different dialects. Um so my family is from South India, we're South Indian and we're from a part of India called Karnataka. There they speak Kannada. And so my dad mm. he speaks that language, but he grew up in Bombay. So he grew up in the state of Maharashtra. So he speaks Marathi, which is their language there. So he speaks wow. yeah, So he speaks Kannada, Marathi and Hindi. So he speaks three different Indian dialects and if you're educated in India you speak fluent English as well because of colonization um and so he speaks four languages and my parents like it's always been kind of like a bit of a culture clash in the house but at the end of the day it was never like we're we're mad at each other for this and this and now we're not going to teach our kids about the other culture that was never a thing so our families yeah. have been—I mean, my parents have been married for so long now that like our our families are like blended at this point. Um, mm-hmm. Like my sister got married last year, and like my family from India came, and my family from the Dominican Republic came, and they all know each other and they all talk. Um, and it's re- but it's just really different. And there was there was always moments of like feeling like I was never gonna know enough about either culture like it's really difficult because so many places are so rich in history and i mean even as americans like there's people who are from america who've lived in america their whole lives who are like six seven generations in and they don't even know the full history of the u.s they don't even know like all of the different like nuances of living in the east coast versus the midwest versus like the south versus Southern California versus Northern California. This <laughs> is the Pacific Northwest. Like there's so yeah. many different cultures just here within the US. And that's how it is in all parts of the world. So India is such a like rich country in history. It's one of the oldest civilizations, like Eastern medicine and eastern religions, and a lot of things kind of like came from India. Um, and then Dominican history is also really rich because that was like the first place in the Americas that was colonized. And so that was like one of the first places that enslaved Africans came to. Um, And we have a lot of blend of like West African culture with, you know, Taino culture and Spanish culture. And so that is also just like a lot of nuanced cultural differences Mm -hmm. there. And it was always like really interesting to grow up in a house where like you have a very Western culture dominican republic which you know like they have like more of a capitalistic system and like the system of government is a little more close to like u.s government um and you know they have like the big cities and i would say the dominican republic is a little bit more developed than india just because india is so huge that some parts of it are like living in the 30s right um just it's just Mm. so much land and so much of india is rural um, and so it was just so interesting because like my dad is very like Eastern, like he likes you know more of like the holistic stuff, and um, he's more like slow and like even tempered and like you know things take time and it's a very like Eastern way of living and being is like you know you have to be patient about everything, and you know the way that you're gonna get the greatest reward is through you know over a longer period of time you know things take time, and western civilizations are like okay quick 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 grind hustle get it done um and that's how dominicans are and not only that but my mom grew up in new york city so she's very much Mm, like a get it done kind of thing and so it was kind of that like clash of um like eastern and western and my dad would always talk about like all of these things that came from india he was like everything comes from india (laughs) yeah (laughs) so all that English, pride, like, though. <laughs> Africans think that and you know Chinese people think that and Dominicans think that like we all everyone thinks that everything comes from their land right 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 um, and so right. that was always this thing like he would always tell us like these stories of you know like Hindu mythology and like all the different gods they have like 25 gods that have different forms so there's like actually a hundred um and he would always like tell us these stories of like these long detailed stories that are like so complex because the civilization is so old. Um, and then my mom yeah. would always just, you know, like about like merengue and bachata and like our dances and our food and like how to make mangu. and, you know, mangu comes from the Congo. So it's actually like a West African food. Um, and so much of Dominican culture is like steeped in blackness And so it was just, like, a lot of blends of different things. Um, So it wasn't necessarily, like, easy growing up like that and having to, like, learn about all of these cultures while also navigating being American Um, Mm -hmm. and going to school in a really, really white area and being like, I don't identify with this culture. Like, I've never really identified with being American because I'm like, in what ways do I fit into American culture? Like, I really don't. And then I started learning a lot more about, like, the South. Um, And the Southern U.S. is, like, the cousin of the Caribbean. There's a lot of Caribbeans that live in the South and, like, ended up migrating there after being um, freed from slavery. Um, So a lot of their culture is, like, really closely tied to Caribbean culture. And I was like, oh, so, like, really – American culture has like two sides. Like it's either white Americans or black Americans. Like those are two completely different cultures that really like are the foundation of what American culture is. Um, And so when I started learning a lot more and like hanging out with black Americans and learning about black American culture, I was like, oh, this is literally just like a Dominican culture. And so now I, I don't necessarily say like, oh, you know, like I'm not American. When I was growing up, I used to be like, I'm not American. Like my parents aren't American. The only thing yeah. that, like, makes me American is that I, I was born here. I would say the here. same
1: thing. I'd have shame. and <laughs> be like, I'm not American. I'm Honduran. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, literally, that, was, that was my skin, life. Does
2: this seem American to you?
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's one of those, like, it's one of those topics that I'm always reflecting on because people are like, we have an opportunity to redefine what being American means. Mm-hmm. But it's so hard to... It's something that I'm kind of going through the motions of right now. It's hard to redefine it when I don't really identify with it now. You know, I'm like, oh, it's easy for me to say, like, redefining Latinidad because I feel so close to it. But, like, I've never felt close to American culture. Like, I don't even know what American culture is. Like, when I think American, like, I don't even think of what people might think of, like, burgers and hot dogs and all that shit. Like, I literally think of Black American as the culture. <laughs> ah. I think of hip hop and, and those, like all those types of things. Like I think of the things that I grew up with in my family that, you know, my, my siblings experience in school or I experienced in school. Like to me, I don't even know what American culture is. And that's where it starts. I'm like, how can I redefine it when I don't know what it is? <laughs> Cause I don't ever, I've never identified with it.
2: Yeah. And that's the thing is like, once I started learning, I was like, oh, black American culture is just as American as, you know, hamburgers and being obese and drinking Diet Coke, which is what I equate with white Americans.
1: And we (laughs) have a superpower being first gens because it's like, we are, we have so much richness in culture, whether it's multi-ethnic, whether it's, you know, having one or, you know, mixed, whatever it is. Like we just have this beautiful blend to us. And I think one thing that, I always think about, I'm like, oh my God, am I going to, hopefully I can pass all of this down to my family. You know, I want them to be fluent. I want generations to be fluent in Spanish and to have them have pride in, in being Honduran and having Honduran roots. But that all starts with me learning about my roots and being able to pass down those stories. And that's, I feel like I'm just in in constant process of learning about myself and my identity and my cultures so I can- do it justice. You know, I can like really pass it down with like all the confidence in the world. It's like, this is, this is it. So I can't, I'm thinking about you and having those two richness and cultures, whether it's your Dominican side and your Indian side, because they are very, very, very complex. (laughs) And you're just like, damn, I just want to learn all about it.
2: Yeah, I mean, and how how can you ever learn? So I mean, there's people who are from India who don't know everything about India, like it's impossible to know everything. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. like, you, like you were saying, I, I really like as I got older, when I was younger, I was like, just trying to really fit in and skate by. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna just stay under the radar as much as possible. I'm not even gonna talk about like, what I'm mixed with, like, I'm just gonna pretend I don't even exist. Um And I got older and Girl. I was like, why would I do that? That's so dumb. Like, I love being Dominican and I love being Indian. And I think that like growing up in an area where no one really like understood either of those things, there's, I mean, there's plenty of Indians here, but like Indians never really considered me Indian because I'm mixed and you hard, you will hardly ever meet a mixed Indian person. Um, That's not really a thing really? that they do. No. Indians tend to marry. <laughs> so that's not a thing that they do. <laughs> Um, (laughs) Indians just like they just marry under other Indians and like they have this very interesting phenomenon where like no matter where they are in the world they're so freaking Indian like there's Indians in South Mm -hmm. Africa who like wear their Saudis and like do their pujas and are so so Indian even though their families have lived in South Africa for like decades for multiple generations Um, and it's just like this very interesting thing about Indians is like no matter where they are, they, they literally live everywhere in the world. Um, even people who are like Guyanese Indian and like Indo-Caribbean, like they're so Indian still. Um, (laughs) and so it's just, it's just not very common unless you meet someone like from the West Indies, like most Indian people are not mixed.
1: Um, and so so your dad's like, uh, he's different.
2: (laughs) is yeah yeah we all talk about it too (laughs) yeah (laughs) you just had to like go out and make life difficult for us and marry like yeah (laughs) just had to do that all right
1: well was it was it common for your mom like a Dominican woman a Dominican immigrant like Um, you know marrying outside of the culture I don't feel like it's that different I mean just from what I know about like my family but I'm like it could be different for Dominican culture
2: no, I don't think so. Um, none of my uncles married Dominicans. I have a French aunt, I have a Brazilian aunt, I have a Colombian aunt. Yeah. Um Yeah. I have like one I have like two aunts that are Dominicans.
1: Same thing with my family. There's two siblings that married Hondurans and it was like so their kids are hella Honduran. But you know, we have we have those mixes too, which is very interesting because you're talking about your dad and Indian culture and I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, that that's like a big difference because in that theme like Latinos be marrying anyone you know that they fall in love with
2: (laughs) yeah and I think that was always why like um as I got older I started kind of like trying to learn more about my cultures and like embrace them a little more and I really like strongly gravitated towards Dominican Republic a lot more because I grew up going there um I was there like every summer oh Yeah, I learned how to swim in the Dominican Republic. Like, I had my first kiss in the Dominican Republic. Like, I went to my first party and, like, got drunk for the first time, like, with my cousins in the Dominican Republic. Like, I just, I have so many memories, like, from childhood and from summers and birthdays of, like, being there. Um, And the thing about Dominicans is, like, they don't care where you're from. There's, um, I have a cousin who's married to, like, a Chinese descendant Dominican. She speaks fluent Spanish. She's lived there for a couple of generations now. Like she speaks like a Dominican. She speaks like she's from the capital. Um, she's super Dominican, but she's like, she looks hella Chinese. And that's not wow. it's not weird for them. For them, like the Dominican Republic is so ethnically mixed. There's like a huge Arab influence there. That's like where we got all of our textiles from. And there's like Asian influence from like Japanese and Chinese and Indians. Um And then we obviously have, you know, like the West African side and we have the Taino culture, um, especially like in the north, in the mountains where like the Tainos kind of like went and hid. Um, And so there's so many, so many people there are mixed already. Like being mixed is part of Dominican culture. And so it was never weird for me on that side for me to be mixed because they were like, you're Dominican. I don't care what else you're mixed with. Like you're still Dominican. it, it didn't it didn't ever matter to that side of the family they were they never like told us oh like you guys are are not Dominican you're not Dominican enough I never got like oh you don't speak Spanish so you're not Dominican enough never um but from the Indian side it was definitely like a little bit weird because my dad was the first person in his family to marry outside of India um his sister who's married to a white guy is the younger one so like he got married far before she ever did so he was really the first one to like come to the U.S. and marry someone who wasn't Indian and he could have easily married an Indian here there's plenty um yeah (laughs) and there's plenty of Indians here from India like he could have married but he
1: chose the illusion (laughs) ah,
2: there you go he was like this illusion (laughs) I have to have her and so yeah it was it was always interesting how much I gravitated towards that and my mom always tells me like when people are mixed, they do tend to kind of like identify more with the mom side because you do tend to be closer with the mom side for some reason. I don't know, women just Oh, yeah.
1: You know, that would make sense.
2: Yeah, women just like to like even when when my um uncles got married, like we ended up being able to travel because all of my aunts are from different countries. So like I went to Brazil for my uncle's wedding there. I went to France for my uncle's wedding there. Um and so it was very common, I think for, like, everyone to be kind of, like, closer with the woman side of the family. Like, that's kind of just more. Yeah. The men are, like, "Uh, it's whatever. Like, we'll see my family all the time. But it's not, like, (laughs) a priority. Like, we have to live by my family or anything. And so she was, like, that's just how it tends to happen. But I think, for me, I just really identified more with Dominicans because I was never, like, told that I wasn't Dominican. Like, I would go there and they were, like, oh, the morenita, the dominicana. (laughs) Like they would be like, she's, she's just <laughs> Dominican. Right. Um, and I just don't, I don't feel that way anywhere else in the world. Like I don't feel that way anywhere. I go there and I'm like, Oh, everyone looks like me. No one looks at me different. Everyone's like, yeah, this girl's Dominican. Um, and my family has never been like, Oh, like it's weird that you're Indian or anything like that. In fact, my cousins, they would like, we would always spend a lot of time together I have two cousins that are the same age as me and my older sister and they one summer came here for a month instead of like us going there the whole summer they like ended up coming here for a month and we introduced them to like bollywood movies and they love <laughs> bollywood movies because bollywood movies are literally like indian telenovelas it's the same thing
1: it's yes so i have watched a couple i have my best friend who's indian and I, girl i love bollywood movies like it's so extra and i'm like yes
2: so <laughs> extra and that's why um, that's why I think it's, like, there are so many, like, similarities. But um, my cousins, like, loved Bollywood movies. They were, like, we love this. And when we ended up seeing them last year for the wedding, one of my cousins was, like, yeah, you know, like, I've been watching this movie and this movie. And, like, even without <laughs> us being around, they continued watching them. Like, they loved Indian things. They loved the I food. Love and they loved, like, the clothes. Like, when they come here and my dad takes us all to the temple, like, they wear Indian clothes. Um, and so that was the thing that I really loved about, like, that side of the family. I was like, they just really don't care where you're from. Like, they love everything. As mm-hmm. long as you're, like, dramatic and you have good food and we can drink <laughs> and party, like, that's fine. We don't care where you're from. Like, they love you. Yeah. And so I loved that about, like, my my cousins on that side. I was like, I love that, like, even though they have no relation to India or anything, like, they still, just because they have cousins from there, they're like, oh, we're going to just, like, fully embrace that we have Indian people in the family. So that's just like how my Dominican side is. Um, but yeah, my Dominican side isn't like as accepting cause Indian people just tend to hang out with Indian people. But I mean, they love my mom and they love us. And so it's not ever a thing, but there's definitely like some, there's definitely like some anti-blackness rooted in a lot of it of like Dominicans are black and our culture is is rooted in so much blackness. And I don't think they even realize that, like, that's why they get annoyed by, like, how loud we are and, like, the kind of music that we listen to Um and yeah. things like that. Like, they don't even realize the, their own anti-Blackness in that. And so it's kind of just like, oh, like, these people are so loud and, like, they want to be partying all the time. And, like, why does their music sound like that? Um So they can be a little judgmental. But here we are. We're still – I mean, my parents been here we for are. seven years. So –
1: <laughs> oh, so beautiful. Well, I know we're coming up on time. So let's go into our cafecito and because let's talk about what you're up to now. Um, and also you can talk about your podcast. It's a it's a great podcast. I love these conversations. I feel like y'all are best friends already. <laughs> Every conversation I'm like, yes, yeah, snapping my fingers. So yeah, tell us what you're up to now.
2: Yeah. Um. So like you said, I have a podcast called we got to talk about Um, and I run that podcast with my good friend, Caitlin, um, who we went to college together and we both have always been in like very, very white areas. Like she grew up just outside of LA. Um, and we were just like, we just feel, we just felt so unheard. We were like, we've always been like very outspoken people and we're both very passionate and people just aren't listening to us. Um, and so we were like, let's just like hop on, let's just like buy some mics, hop on a podcast and just like make people listen. And it's just been, it's been super fun to do it. Um, we started during quarantine. We were like, okay, neither of us are working because I started consulting and all of um, my clients were in New York and got COVID. <laughs> so, I mean, thankfully they're fine. So it's all good. I'll, I'll get them back. I'm not worried, but I wasn't, I wasn't like working full time. And she wasn't either because she works in the service industry. And so we were like, let's just do it. So we're having a lot of fun doing that. So check out We Gotta Talk About. Um, We're on Instagram and it has like all of our links to where you can stream the podcast. Um, and yeah, we just kind of talk about things that we feel like black and brown people aren't really discussing or they are discussing, but people aren't really listening to us. Um, and so we have things from like social media activism and like white guilt So, like, we had an episode where we talked about, like, Harry Potter and Game of Thrones because we were like, where are the black and brown people doing this? Um, So, yeah, we have a lot (laughs) of fun with that. Um, And I also have a mental health platform called Corazon Resiliente. And I run that with three other women. So, one of the other women is Dominican. She lives in the Dominican Republic. And then the other two women are Mexican. And I think one is in Sacramento and one is in L.A. So, we're kind of, like, mostly based in California. But then we have... um, one in the Dominican Republic and she's dope. She is our like um, actual licensed therapist in the group. So she's like a psychotherapist in the Dominican Republic. And on that platform we really just like I'm I'm very passionate about people being their healthiest self. Um, I'm very passionate about like wellness and nutrition being decolonized and people really like going back to their roots of like, what's really good for your body. Um, because I personally have found that if I eat like traditional Indian food or traditional like Dominican, like platanos and, you know, me and avocados and things like that, like my body just feels so much better. I just have so much energy. Mm-hmm. So I I love being able to, you know, kind of like bring awareness in the nutrition, health, wellness space, but also like, I think mental health is just as important. And in my family, we've struggled a lot with even talking about mental health. And I know a lot of first-generation people relate. And so, and we all kind of felt that way. So all four of us, we just kind of randomly got together and we were like, let's just talk about mental health. We all have really, really different experiences. And that's what's so beautiful about being able to collaborate with people is that no even though we all kind of have like dissimilar, we didn't know how to talk about mental health before. And now we're starting to do it. And it's really difficult with our families. Um, It's still so different. Our stories are so different. Um, Even our manifestations of things like anxiety are so different across the board. And so it's just a great platform that we're able to just like talk about these things. Um, We try to highlight people's stories. So if people hear this and want to write in and tell us about like their journey with mental health. That's kind of just what we do on that platform. Um, and we meet every Sunday and we do like a little recording of a different topic each week. So sometimes we discuss um, like anxiety. Sometimes we discuss burnout. We recently were discussing different types of relationships. So we dived into like familial relationships and like culture and how that influences like your romantic relationships and things like that. Mm-hmm. Just like in the scope of mental health. Um, so yeah, those are the two main things that I'm up to. I'm also an artist. So if you want a painting, hit me up, go check out my website, mayamjoshi.com. Um, yeah, those are, those are the things that I do. Um, I'm, I'm just passionate about a lot of different things and working in an office was never for me. So I'm just like doing a lot of different things now because I can.
1: Girl, that's the beauty of it. And I, I feel the same way. I'm like, office like I can't I can't be in an office that's why I love quarantine I'm like I could just be Girl. wherever I want <laughs> I, love quarantine. I know you know people are like I, I get it you know I'm not trying to not acknowledge some of the situations that are happening during quarantine and you know the struggles that are happening but for me personally quarantine has been the best thing that happened to me yeah, Like truly, truly in every single aspect, whether it's spiritual, mental, physical, like all of those things, I just feel like I'm in the best place, like as my full self. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's, that says a lot, right? Like I'm always yeah. in the hustle and grind, but to be just like still for like Isn't it these beautiful? past couple months, I get to create, you know, this podcast, I get to create these different things. And so I'm like, this is it. This is what I'm meant to do. (laughs) Yeah.
2: And I love, I love that. I think that if you like, if you have the privileges that we have of like, you know, having a home and having, you know, money coming in and not having to pay for rent and things like that, like I think it's really, I think for me it's really been a time of like acknowledging that privilege and being like, okay, what can I actually do about it now that I don't have like all these other factors to worry about? Like I had so much anxiety from working in an office and like I had so I have so much like racial trauma from working in offices of like all white people and like trying to be professional um I have a ton of racial trauma Yeah.
1: And so, like, not having. <laughs> Let's to, not even jump into all yeah, that. that that's,
2: a whole, that's a whole other episode. You can, you know, you can catch that's us on whole like other a different platform talking about that. But yeah. Yeah. I well, mean, speaking
1: of that topic, though, I recently did a podcast with, I'm going I'm to do a quick shout out to Pavel Martinez, Dominican guy me. from New York City. I did a podcast with him. His podcast is called Quién Tú Eres? And he talks about that, how Latinos walk into into spaces like in the professional, quote unquote, professional setting. And we have to, like, change, change everything that we are and what we do. And that, yeah, I talk about that hella
2: <laughs> talk
1: about having to hide my body because I'm like people just can't they don't know how to see curvy bodies in an office. And okay. so I, I had swear, to hide
2: suits and nice pants all the time. I was like, I don't care what y'all think. But it was like it was like that thing of like always being um, assumed to be like the help that really pissed me off. Where people would be like, "Oh, like, are you girl, what? Like, are you the? Are you gonna clean this up for us?" And I was like, "Hell no! I will work here." Yeah,
1: you're like, mm, girl, <laughs> I am college educated. I am, yeah. I am equal to you, if not better. I'm kidding, <laughs> yes. but. You're not wrong. You're like better, <laughs> um, but you know that's a big thing that we have to go through. Even the code switching, you know, like I say, I used to say things like "awesome," like that's so great, and like, <laughs> I'm like, those are not things I would say in a regular conversation with people. Yeah. Like I would not say those words.
2: Like my voice completely changes. Like I'm in the office and I'm like, "Hi, how are you?" Like, do I sound like that right now? No.
1: <laughs> and you're so right. I would do the same thing, and sometimes I still catch myself slipping here and there, and I'm like, I need to really like like check myself and call myself out. I'm like, what what am I doing right now? What am I doing? (laughs) Mm -hmm. But it's, it's very true. And I like, I feel for people, like all my friends coming back to Southeast San Diego, I'm just like surrounded by family and surrounded by friends who are still in the same areas. And we have, we talk the same, we like sound the same and they feel the same way when they have to walk into work. Like, even if it's just serving, serving people, they like act, you know, a different way. And I'm just like, we all feel this. (laughs) We all feel this in these different areas of our life. But I think it's so amplified in corporate America because who's, who's there? (laughs) Who's in those spaces?
2: Yeah. And it was so funny because I grew up, like I grew up with so much privilege. I, I mean, like my parents were always pretty well off financially. Not like we didn't have a lot of money, but like, we they were able to always like save which means they had stuff in excess right and like we went to like good schools and lived in like a technically quote-unquote nice area that just means white um but we had like all those things like my parents my dad has a PhD my mom has a master's we were always expected to go to college so like those things are all huge privileges my parents both speak fluent English that's also a huge privilege like I didn't have to translate things like the ballot for them that people are doing right now. Um, So like we grew up with all those things um, and yet we went out into the world and I was like, none of that shit matters because people just see me as a brown, tall, curvy woman who's there and they're like, what are you doing here? Because no one else here is like you.
1: Yeah. Shout out to tall, curvy women. (laughs) Because you know what I would hate? I don't know if you you got this, but – Because I am, you know, lighter, there was never question about, you know, color of my skin. But people would say, well, you're tall for a Latina. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, there's tall Latinos out there. Like, what? I know.
2: People (laughs) would just say that I was tall, like, in general for women. And I was like, I see hella women that are, like, 5'9", 5'10". What do you mean?
1: Yes. I'm like, am I supposed to be hella short? Like, I don't understand. Like, I'm proud of being 5'9", okay? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) And being curvy, too.
2: Yeah, that was that was a big thing for me growing up, and it always, like, bothered me so much because people would always, like, point out my ass, and, like, everyone, like, I used to have friends, and, like, they would say this as a joke, but they'd be like, oh, I recognize you more from, like, your ass than from your face. I was like, okay, um, and that was just, like, always, that was always a thing from the time I was, like, in middle school until now i mean people don't out as much i mean i still get harassed like in the streets just for wearing like baggy clothes even because like you can see my ass and everything um and that yeah. was always like that's how you were
1: born was- you were blessed oh girl i became mom- a trend girl
2: <laughs> my mom literally <laughs> used to joke she was like oh i, I had to get you cloth diapers because your butt was too big that like you didn't fit into normal diapers which isn't true but she would like she would just joke about that because she was like you were literally born with this like from birth i from, love it.
1: <laughs> from birth Girl, so, I, know, you, right, I know, was you always, know
2: that. It's like you get so you get almost so self-conscious. And then I got older and I was like, I'm blessed. Like, don't nobody look like me, especially not here in California. Mm-hmm. Like there's mm-hmm. there's few and far between people that are like curvy in the way that I am. I am curvy. Like there's, I mean, there's so many different like variances of like thick women and like curvy women, people with like boobs and like big butts. And I have like no boobs and like a huge butt.
1: (laughs) Yes. And I think really owning our bodies, owning who we are, owning, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. And I, I feel like the same, like I would always be the tall curvy girl and they'd always point out my hips like, girl, you got big hips. Or they would tell me in middle school which I was a really, I was a little saint in yes, middle school. Hips. Oh, that too. I'm like, oh, don't tell me that.
2: I'm a child. What do you mean?
1: Yes. They would say that. And they would also say DSL lips and yeah. I, or DSL. Right. And I would not, I had no idea what that meant in middle school. I was literally so like, sheltered (laughs) when I was a child especially like there was certain things in English that I didn't understand anyway like I would understand Spanish like if they were to say something in Spanish I'd be like "Mm, I know what they're saying Mm -hmm. but English I was like I don't know what DSL means (laughs) I know until I grew up and I was like they were calling me that in middle school that's so bad (laughs) oh man little boys in middle
2: school someone needs to like go in there and infiltrate them because like they're all that's like the worst age for for the young men It's so bad. Yeah, I I used to get all of that, and like, I I just didn't. I also didn't realize how much that's like a testament of my ethnicity. I was like, that's just like I'm built like every other Dominican woman. Like, I have aunts Mm -hmm. and and like cousins and things, and they're built exactly the same as me, even though we don't look anything alike. Like, it's just such a. I I mean, it's it's just like this is this is who I am. And if you knew where I came from, you wouldn't think it was weird that I look the way that I do. It's just here mm-hmm. that like you kind of get displaced a little and you're like unsure for so long because other people just don't look exactly the same as you.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, girl, we can talk about this all day, but let's close with the, with my favorite part of the show with the brindis. I have my cafecito, which I'm already done with it. I have like a little, Oh, mark. I know I
2: finished mine. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I know. <laughs> when like, you, when like you said that,
2: I had to like look up Brindis because I was like, I've never, I think that that must be a regional thing because we don't say that. I was like, I've never heard this. You don't before. say Brindis? Mm-mm.
1: Oh, really? Oh, that's so, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. But yeah, a little Brindis. Um, we're going to close with the virtual cheers uh, with our water, cafecito, <laughs> whatever you have. Um, and I want to give you an opportunity to manifest some good for our community. And, and just, yeah. So what do you want to cheers to and what do you want to ma- manifest for, for us mm. Latinos, for our community, for your communities, whatever the case may be?
2: Yeah. Um, I just did like a little, um, exercise with my therapist and she was like, oh, what would you want to tell like your future children? And I feel like this, you know, kind of, Ooh. I can use kind of the same thing. And what I said was like, I want everybody to like feel valued in their reality and their identity. Like I I want sh- I want everybody to feel like their reality is valid and their identity is valid regardless of like how you choose to identify and what like your lived experience has been. I, I want all yeah. of us to feel valued in that and to be like that that reality that you have and like those things that you hold true is important, regardless of how many other people can relate.
1: Oh, I love that. I love that. Well, salut. Cheers. Oh, yeah. salud. Cheers. <laughs> and thank you again for being here for being on Hello Latino. And just being it's so beautiful. I always say this, but it's so beautiful to meet these different people who I'm like, like, we went to college together. We're both from San Diego, maybe different parts of San Diego and like different years in college. But it's beautiful how connected we are in these different ways and i'm like man this pod is really introducing me to like amazing like dope ass people and i'm just here for it
2: (laughs) thank you so much for having me it was so great having you on our show too and getting to know you more um and thanks because i never i never talk about myself um so this was a new experience um and i really enjoyed it i love talking to you
1: Muchísimas gracias to all of y'all for tuning in and listening to Maya's story. Connect with her on IG at mayalicious underscore and visit her website mayamjoshi.com. And also check out her website, We Gotta Talk About. And shameless plug, I was on her podcast. So listen to that episode or any of the other ones. They're so bomb. And also follow her mental health page, Corazon Resiliente. See y'all next week for more Cafecito En Chisme and more Hello Latino love. And let's connect on Instagram at OJasmine4A, Twitter at Jasmine. And find me on LinkedIn. And also, you can reach me at my website, OdalisJasmine.com. Con mucho amor, tu amiga hondureña.
0: Mi gente, what's up? This is Chris Gates. I had the pleasure of being Odalis' guest in the Cuba Through My Eyes episode of this amazing podcast. Today, I want to invite you to a free month's membership to my startup, RiseOn. Founded by two first gen Latinos, Rizon is like taking a Zumba class for your mental and emotional health. Our mission is to build humans from the inside out, and we help first gen folks just like you to grow and to heal. So, whether you're struggling with life's challenges or just thirsty for a community to help you grow, Rizon is for you. Every week, we create a space for mindful introspection in community. That's what you get when you mix mindfulness, journaling, coaching and vulnerable conversations it's a space to be seen authentically to develop self-awareness and build inner skills alongside a group of inspiring peers our goal is to help you to tap into your own power consistently to find perspective clarity and direction anytime you need it over the past two years we've designed hundreds of experiences for our clients to do just this These are entrepreneurs and young professionals who trace their roots to some 20 countries. Folks who despite being brilliantly talented and looking like they got it all together from the outside are working through some real life challenges. So join us. We'd like to invite every listener of this podcast to experience a Rise On membership for free for an entire month. That includes our weekly Rise On sessions, live and online plus on-demand mindfulness content and daily community support. To activate your free month Rise On membership, visit www.riseon.life. That's R-I-S-O-N dot L-I-F-E. Rise on dot life. Mi gente, let's Rise On.